from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Talking Ole Miss. Kevin Hagan also in the second hour. Talking Alabama. Brad Powers, all the gambling stuff. That is our number three. 615-844-5600. On Twitter, or X, whatever they call it, at Bill is King. And you can email Bill is King 7, number 7, at gmail.com. Coach Pete Cordelli. With us is knowledge. Any questions, just post them. I'll pass them along. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Doing great, Bill. How about you? Doing well. I assume you saw the Michigan story that hit Thursday afternoon-ish, and it read something like, the Big Ten of Michigan have come to an agreement. This suspension stands. He'll miss these three games. Two more left. And uh, do you think, because I'm I'm not sure how to read into it. Pete, does that mean, okay, this is our conclusion, this is over, or just for now, this is our conclusion? Just for now, this is our conclusion. Um, it's my understanding Michigan did not want to go into court this morning with some of the things that were going to be made public by the league. And so rather than more damage occurring, uh, which could have made the penalties more severe or can make the penalties more severe, um, Harbaugh relented, back down, accepted. He already served one game last week at Penn State. He's got two more to go tomorrow at Maryland and then against Ohio State. Because as you well know, Bill, um, <laughs> once you get into court, it's a whole nother animal, man. And uh, Michigan did not want to take that risk of going in there this morning at 9 o'clock and having more things revealed. So uh, this, 
the investigation by the Big Ten has stopped, but the investigation by the NCAA and my understanding, the FBI, has not been been resolved or stopped. How big is it that Harbaugh and Michigan agreed to this, which means they agreed to him not being on the field for the game of the year, Michigan-Ohio State? Well, he can do everything else but be on the game or around the stadium on Saturday. So he's in the team meeting on Sunday. He's in coaches' meetings on Monday. He's at practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The only thing he's not doing is is actively coaching as the head coach on game day. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's interesting because he'll prepare whether Sharon Moore takes over again or uh, I guess Jesse Minner, the defensive coordinator. You know, he rotated three guys early in the year. So it's interesting out of a 12-game schedule, uh, Harbaugh will not be there for six of those games. And uh, I just think that these players are going to play with a little bit bigger chip on their shoulder. And um, the, the critical situations, you know, fourth down, when do we go for it? That's the difference to me in the game. Um, third downs, uh, the third and long, are we going to throw, are we going to run? So I'm sure those meetings are going on a little bit more extensively than what they would be if Harbaugh was the head coach. But uh, he can be with his team six out of seven days. He just can't be there on game day. Looking ahead to that game a week from Saturday, the last two years, Coach, Michigan in the second half literally has been able to bully Ohio State, offense to defense, line up, punch them in the mouth, running backs, running in green grass, just blowing them up at the line of scrimmage. This Buckeye team, with Jim Knowles, he's been there now a couple of years, has absolutely turned the corner defensively. Can Michigan do the same thing this year? Well, (laughs) it's interesting you say that because uh, when you go to Penn State last week, they didn't throw a pass in the second half. Right. They bullied Penn State. <laughs> that kind of sent a message, I thought. But I believe Ohio State's a different different football team, especially in, in Jimmy's second year. I worked with Jimmy Knowles two years at Western Michigan. I'll tell you what, he, he is one of the best defensive coordinators I've ever been around. And um, I don't believe Michigan's going to be able to bully Ohio State this year like they did last year now remember last year they came out second half and hit some big pass plays off of play action I don't believe that's going to happen again this year I think this is a better Ohio State defense and um, they're going to have to change things up a little bit you may see Ohio State come with a little bit more zone pressure than bringing pressure and playing straight man across the board like they did last year in the second half I don't believe Michigan can do that to Ohio State this year like they did a year ago. Flip side, though, Pete, this offense for the Buckeyes is not what it was a year ago. No, you know, early on, the early odds on this thing, I would go under. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everybody's making a big deal about how the Iowa games have gone under the last three, and they keep dropping. What was it, 27 and a half last week? I'm reading this article. I'm laughing. 
I'm going 27 and a half. There are teams that are scoring more than that in the first half in some of these games. Uh, I think next week it's going to be a true old-fashioned Big Ten Woody Hayes, Bo Schembechler slugfest. It's going to go back to the old days, and uh, it's going to be a very low-scoring game next week. Coach Pete Cordelli is with us each and every Friday. Anything you have for him, just pass it along to me on Twitter at Billis King, or you can call in, and we can get it done that way. Going to be interesting, Pete. I wanted to start with a Michigan story and then go from there. This is the SEC week, other than Georgia, Tennessee, where it's SEC teams against baby seals, right? Clubbing baby seals. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just – I'm not sure what the question is, Pete. I'm just <laughs> – I want you to comment on it. If you were heading up an athletic department, would you set it up like that before the big rivalry weekend? Uh, Bill, the, the thought behind this is it's been such a grind through September and October. Yeah. They need they need a get-right weekend. Um, this also is a, is a weekend where – those young men that have four games to play that don't burn a red shirt, you get to see some of those younger guys play. And I'm not so sure it's not a bad thing to happen because you can play your starters probably in the first half for most of these games. You know, still keep them in a rhythm uh, and then get to see your younger guys or your second, third teamers in the second half as you get ready you know, for, like you said, the last weekend, the big weekend that's going on. Uh, I'm not so sure it's a bad thing for as much of a, as big of a physical grind as this league is. And uh, now with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, I think you're going to see some of these games go away in the future. And uh, like you said, Georgia, Tennessee, obviously a huge game in Knoxville. But uh, for the rest of the league, this is a get-right weekend, and some of those younger players that have not seen action or have seen limited action, um, this is their, their chance to get on that field and play. If Tennessee at home, CBS game, Saturday, plays their out-of-body experience game, and Georgia realizes it's the holiday season, and they regularly hand Tennessee random acts of benevolence, right? We go to church, benevolence, right? Tennessee got any shot? No. <laughs> I didn't think and, so. And, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to Tennessee. Right. I just think Kirby has let this team know and these players know they can make college football history. If you start with the end game, the end goal, and work back, repeat, you can't afford to slip up in Knoxville. So let, let's work back from the national championship game to the semifinal game to the SEC championship game. Let's work back to this game in Knoxville tomorrow. Believe me, those players know what they're playing for at, ten, at, at Georgia. And – it's going to be a battle. There's no doubt the Tennessee players know how big this is. 
But I just think George is playing on another level right now and getting Brock Bowers back and the way he played oh. uh, against Ole Miss. You know, this team is on a mission right now. Uh, now, in a 12-game schedule, it's hard to maintain your focus and intensity. And I think that's why early in the year some of these games weren't played at the highest level by Georgia. They played to the level of their competition, but it was still better than who they were playing. But this week, I, I think uh, on the road, Georgia knows with the, that fan base how loud that stadium is going to be. They have to go in there and take care of business, no matter how long it takes. 60 minutes, one overtime, two overtimes, three overtimes. But I just think Georgia, they understand what they're playing for. And it's one game at a time, and they're not going to slip up. Georgia Dog down on the Emerald Coast wants you to go into the SEC championship game, kind of like you did Ohio State-Michigan. We'll do that when we come back. Coach Pete Cordelli, any questions you have, just post them, and we will get to them. They'll be with us this hour. Ole Miss Evie, top of hour two. Kevin Hagan, hour two, and then the last hour, Brad Powers. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. People were driving by this earlier rank on 24 Westbound, right near Harding Place. They were just slowing down, looking at the flashing lights, but it's just interrupting that traffic flow that's already coming in up through the Hickory Hollow area in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, headed towards Nashville. Again, it's running a little bit slow at times on 24 Westbound between Bell Road and Haywood Lane. Traffic's on the increase already. 65 South at Trinity Lane, starting to pick up out of Wilson County on I-40 going westbound through Hermitage. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. You can order online. Check them out this weekend at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. And now, Tennessee Heat and Air is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by Tennessee Heat and Air. For all your residential or commercial heating and air repairs, maintenance, and installations, give the pros a call today at 615-856-3610. 615-856-3610. That's Tennessee Heat and Air. Going the extra mile for safety. They're professionals who care. We all know that natural life can get hectic. In the middle of all the madness that is life, don't forget to take care of yourself. Treat yourself to Nashville's ultimate relaxation experience at Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel. With services for men and women, Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel is your one-stop shop for full-body treatment. Begin your experience in the exquisite relaxation room, then enjoy a full-body treatment or even a couple's massage before finishing in the salon. Located on the fourth floor of the Omni Nashville Hotel, Makara Spa is Nashville's highest quality 
Quality Self-Care Oasis. To book your experience or gain information on packages, call Makara Spa today at 615-761-3600. Again, 615-761-3600. Or log on to theomnihotel.com. And with every booking, you'll have free valet parking and rooftop pool access to enjoy the Music City skyline. And through Labor Day, enjoy the fourth floor spa terrace for only $20. Mokara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. Hmm, this is something I wish I'd known. Many people who live in Tennessee are eligible for help paying for healthy food for pregnant and new moms, their babies, and young children, but don't realize it. Family income can be higher than you think. There's a website called TennesseeMeals.com for more information. Assistance for healthy food for expectant moms and young children. This information I need to share. TennesseeMeals.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Justice Center, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters. And the it's a Bill King Show. We created a rule decades ago on the show. Weddings, things of that nature, during the playing portion, do not get consideration. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Weddings are meant for the spring. They do not get consideration during the playing portion of the season. That's just the way we work it around here. That's the way we play it around here. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Bill King doesn't need a countdown clock because he already knows when football season starts. Georgia Dog wants Coach Pete Ju analyzed the SEC championship game, the Georgia-Alabama matchup, and Pete Alabama, with every week, looks more prepared to do battle in that ball game. They do, but, Bill, if I can go back, I'll answer that in a minute. But sure. When we talked about Georgia-Tennessee in the last segment, all right, one of the greatest radio calls of all time was Larry Munson. We just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. <laughs> 20 years ago, when Georgia beat Tennessee 26-24. <laughs> Mark Rick. Mark Rick. I was saying now, when Vernon Haynes caught that touchdown pass from David Green. I mean, you know – the 14 years I did Ole Miss radio, I got to meet Larry Munson. What, what a great guy. But that was one of the best calls all time. By the and, way, by the way, the, the Hayes who caught Haynes who caught that ball was a Western Kentucky transfer. Yeah, he's walk on to Georgia. And then, you know, you got to go back. How about in 1980 when Herschel was a freshman and ran over Bill Bates and that won 1650? There have been game. some great moments in that rivalry. But when Munson. He yeah. just had a, a unique way of words, and uh, <laughs> we we stepped on their face with a hobnail boot. I mean, I remember. Oh, wow, he and let me tell you, he and John Ward, two of the all time great announcers in, in all of college college sports, college football, and uh, but Alabama, Georgia. I think um, this is going to come down to how much pressure Georgia can get on Jalen Milrow 
and who the spy is going to be. Does Kirby go with a nickelback, a dimeback, you know, and the Georgia front right now, especially putting pressure on Proctor, the left tackle, who's a true freshman for Alabama. Um, how does he hold up? And, and how will Tommy Reese, you know, try to get Milrow involved more in the quarterback run game? I, I think right now the Georgia offensive line, defensive line is better than Alabama's. Um, but the key is going to be, as we saw against LSU, you cannot let Milrow make those long runs, those unscripted plays with his legs, because he has gotten better. I, I credit Tommy Reese. Uh, the other guy who's been in the building all year is Joe Pendry. Joe Pendry is probably Nick Saban's closest friend in coaching. The last two years under Bill O'Brien, there was a little bit of a falling out between Pendry and O'Brien. O'Brien didn't want him around. Joe Pendry is one of the finest football coaches in the game. And uh, now that he's back, I I think Tommy Reese is, is listening to his suggestions, his wisdom, but um, it's about containing Milrow and getting stops. And, uh, you know, the Alabama kicker to Riker is the leading scorer in NCAA history. Um, this is not going to be a game where field goals are going to win it for you. You've got to score touchdowns. So, obviously, and it's that old coaching cliche, you have to take away their best player on offense, and that's Milrow. Um, I, I think you'll see Georgia maybe go with some 12 personnel, you know, with two tight ends, one running back, go some heavy set, unbalanced, and run the football as much as they can um, to keep the ball away from Alabama's offense. But I, I just think Georgia right now is better in both the offensive line and defensive line. Jim and Jupiter wants to know if he thinks Notre Dame will ever take players like they did back in the day where you could maybe get an exception or two academically from the holier-than-thou front office there at Notre Dame, which you experienced, Pete. Is that still a major issue? Because I assume it is. Bill, when we got there in 1988, uh, we were told, Coach Holtz was told by Father Joyce, Father Hesburgh, you have four exceptions a year. And that's what they gave Coach Barsegian was four a year, which means, you know, the minimum score on the SAT was 800 and whatever the ACT was. I can't remember. But they said if one of the four that you deem is one of those guys doesn't make it, then you get cut down to three. So the hardest part about Notre Dame is getting guys admitted. But once they get in, you have to keep them in. And they they have a freshman year of studies program that all the freshmen go through, not just athletes, all the freshman students. Um, The other thing at Notre Dame, Bill, is they only have one summer session. It's eight weeks. Most schools have two. They have a summer one, a summer two. They have eight weeks. And so – now with the rule that you can keep guys on campus in the summer and have it paid for, guys can get ahead by taking three or six hours. And so 
that is something that you monitor as the head coach and with your academic advisor, but that has not changed. That's why this idea that Brian Kelly kept promoting or Bob Davey or whoever else, you know, the academics are so tough. I mean, we did it. The five years I was there, Lou did it. The ten years he was there. Uh, if you know what the parameters are and the guidelines are going in, you handle it and you get it done. I, I hate people making the academic the excuse of academics. It's not any different today than it was under Coach Parsegian or or Dan Devine or or Coach Holtz or, or anybody else. But it's a, it becomes a convenient excuse when you aren't winning, winning national championships. 35 years, Bill. Yep. 35 years. 1988, we won it. They had a reunion of the 88 team against Ohio State earlier in the year. It's been 35 years. Are you kidding me? <clears throat> It, and, you can't blame all that on academics now. Right. They, uh, Mar- Marcus Freeman said the other day publicly, we are going to go after a transfer portal quarterback. And a couple of questions for you. Number one, you see a lot of, since you live here now in the 615, you see a lot of these local quarterbacks. Did you get to see and scout Kenny Minchie, who's a freshman up there? And they have C.J. Carr coming in, the grandson of Lloyd Carr, but how attractive is Notre Dame in the portal considering they've taken Sam Hartman and relegated his game to the confidence level of Barney Fife? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I, I just, you know, Notre Dame, is, 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 being an independent, every game you play it to get into the college football playoff. It's not like, like in the SEC, you got to win the West or the East to get to Atlanta. Or the Big Ten, you got to win your division to get to Indianapolis or the other conferences. What we learned was if you lose, lose early. Because the later that you lose, you get knocked out of national championship contention. Right. I just can't believe that a first-time play caller understands the pressure they're under. There's some talk that there's going to be a new play caller for the Wake Forest game tomorrow, that Notre Dame had an open date last week. You know, they've been talking about maybe going with quarterback coach, Gino Gadulli over the tight end coach. Uh, A freshman quarterback at Notre Dame – is not going to help you win to get into the playoff. Now, will that change next year when you go to 12 teams? It may. It may. But I don't know of a freshman right now that could go to Notre Dame and get get that thing going any better than Sam Hartman. Yet, you're right. They've handcuffed Hartman. Now, will he play well tomorrow? Sure. It's against Wake Forest. It's old school. It's senior day. It's their last home game because their next game's at Stanford next week. They've had a week off. I think they'll win big tomorrow. Wake Forest is not very good. But for the future, you make a great point. 
with Carr and Minchie. I think Minchie is is one heck of a athlete, quarterback, uh, and will get his best football still ahead of him. I, I did see Kenny uh, during his time at, at Pope, Pope Paul, and uh, if he's co- if he's developed right, he has a chance to be a very good quarterback. But it's it's kind of like a- asking Bryce Young to go to the Carolina Panthers and get them in the playoffs this year. You know, it, it, it's a hard, hard deal, man, to be the freshman quarterback at Notre Dame. And that's why they have to go transfer portal and bring in an older guy. And let again, is Marcus going to make changes on the offense after this year? You know, he had a, he had a very well respected offensive line coach Harry Eastman re, retire last year, along with Tommy Reese leaving. So you got your quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, and the old line coach all leaving, and you got new guys coming in. So. I think there's been so much transition on that staff. Marcus needs some consistency out of a coaching staff. Question here. Do you think Jimbo just sits around and counts all his money, which he's certainly capable of doing, he's getting so much, or do you think he coaches again? I think maybe he takes a year off and uh, he'll coach. He'll try to coach again. Yeah, look, once it's in your blood, man, it's in your blood. Right. <laughs> Jimbo, right. I, look, as competitive as Jimbo is and as long as I've known him, he's not going to sit around and count his money. And here's the other thing about coaches. And here's the other thing, as you well know, because you, you've followed it all your life. Competitive people don't just go, okay, I'll see you. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm going to some white sandy beach, going to put my toes in the sand and, and just, no. They want to go, especially with the way it ended. You want to go out on your own terms. You don't want somebody else telling you you got to leave, no matter how much money is involved. This isn't a money issue. You want to go and prove to people you're a good coach and you don't want the last memory or the last thought being, well, I got fired. Yeah, I walked away with 76-plus million bucks. But you know what? I'm still a winner. I'm a competitor. That's why I think he'll try to get back in coaching in a year or so. Pete, reports out that perhaps after the UCLA-Southern Cal game, Chip Kelly's out at UCLA. Do you buy that, and what are they disgusted with? Is it just Chip being a jerk because he is, or is it a functional football item? (laughs) It's a combination of – I love the way you put it, brother. Right. I mean (laughs) – (laughs) Um, it is both because remember this, the new athletic director at UCLA, Martin Jarman, he did not hire Chip. And when Chip signed the last extension, there were a number of UCLA people that said, whoa, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Here's the issue with going into the Big Ten. Is Chip Kelly really going to be the guy that's going to attract recruits to go compete in the Big Ten? They get beat by SC. I mean, it's it's a very mediocre year. You know, that's why Lincoln Riley had to fight, make a change at defensive coordinator. Uh, you're getting ready to go into a league. It's totally different than the one you, you're leading. And I think that new leadership in the football program. Look, 
Ross Bjork said Jimbo got fired because A&M stuck in neutral. UCLA stuck in neutral. They are in neutral. Without question. And now, with what the future is going to bring, I think Martin Jarman wants somebody that's going to create more excitement. You know, right now, the identity of the UCLA football team is their defense. You tell me the last time Chip Kelly was known for defense. Right. He wasn't. Uh, you know, he's had to play a freshman quarterback again who's really struggling. And uh, I think it's a real possibility that Martin Jarman knows we've got all these other teams out here, whether it's Washington, Oregon State, uh, Utah, obviously the guys across town in Southern Cal. Uh, they're playing better than we are right now. And this isn't the direction I want my football program going. Uh, I think it's a real possibility that, that Chip's let go. Pete, about a minute before the break, back to the A&M job question here. Dan Campbell wouldn't leave Detroit, even though he's an A&M guy, right, for a college job? No, and who, no, who no, else no. he's a hearing? pro guy. He's an That's NFL guy. He, he's yeah. staying in the NFL. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, sense. look, how many guys have gone from college to the NFL that haven't made it? And how many guys have gone from the NFL to college and haven't made it? Because they haven't recruited. Dan Campbell hasn't recruited. Right. And no, he's not leaving Detroit, especially with the way the Lions are playing right now. Get a break. Coach Pete's with us. Any questions, post them. We'll get to them. Ole Miss EV Hour 2, Kevin Hagan, Hour 2, Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. They're working a couple of accidents out here with injuries. One in Hermitage, Murfreesboro, Pike at Briley Parkway, OHB at Eulala Drive. That's in South Nashville. As traffic increases already, 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. It's starting to load up pretty good there, coming from Murfreesboro towards Nashville. Still trying to clean up a wreck in Murray County this morning. They're still down there on 65 southbound at the 40-mile uh, marker. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Order online this weekend at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. 
Houston, City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. As a Middle Tennessee-based company, Strike and Spare Family Fund Centers is committed to helping our community. This November, we are honoring our local veterans. Strike and Spare is partnering with We Are Building Lives, a local foundation dedicated to helping veterans get back on their feet. So far, more than 1,100 homeless veterans have been helped off the streets through the We Are Building Lives Foundation. During November, for every $5 donation made to We Are Building Lives, Strike and Spare will give you a free game of bowling. Visit any of our five area Strike and Spare centers to donate or visit strikeandspare.com to donate today and help our heroes find a way home. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. I believe this franchise right now, unfortunately, is paying for the sins of a lot of bad draft picks and, and bad signs. can only dodge that for so long. Would you think about going back-to-back years with your first-round pick and get nothing? Nothing. That's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. It's yeah. just the this. McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Biscuits, kitchen notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel does, and Bill King loves them all. Dilly is with us. And Pete, this name came up a week or two ago from you. Craig in North Augusta asked Coach Pete if he thinks Mississippi State would be a good fit for Rich Rod. Without question. I think he's a perfect fit. Um, And look, he's done a tremendous job at Jacksonville State, but I think Rich Rodriguez would would do a great job in Starkville with that program. Yes. And he's got Rick Trickett with him as his offensive line coach. He's been around, you know, for years. Uh, (laughs) And Trickett has recruited at the highest level. I mean, all those years he spent at Florida State, he was at Auburn at one time. Uh, Rich knows the SEC, and they recruit very good football players. And on game day, they do a great job of coaching. I mean, they they had South Carolina on the ropes until the fourth quarter. So, you know, I, I think Rich Rodriguez would be a great fit for Mississippi State. Pete, the Mississippi State job, and I concur with what you just said, but the Mississippi State job, other than Vanderbilt, is arguably the toughest gig in the league. It's it's very difficult. We've seen some good teams. Dan Mullen did it. Jackie, before the mess occurred, he did well there. I, I heck, I remember that 1980 team that had Johnny Cooks and Tyrone Keys yeah. and and John Bond was the freshman quarterback. I've seen some good teams, but Pete, that's a very difficult place to win. Oh, it always has been. But, but Bill, the first college football playoff ranking that came out the yep. first year, yep. who was the number one team? 
Dan Mullen. Mississippi State. Yep. And Mississippi State was one in the country in October, and Ole Miss was two. And then they both fell off, you know, as the season went on. Now, I think with the transfer portal and with the, the high school athletes in the state of Mississippi, I mean, I've recruited down there a number of years. You go into the Delta. There are great players in that state. Rich Rod knows how to build the roster and the way that they develop players. And that offense, man, it gives you problems. I think they could be really good at what they do in that environment. And it's like you said, it would be an us-against-the-world mentality. And not many people giving us a shot. But, you know, Jackie won and went to Atlanta there. Jackie, you know, yep. he won the West one year. So can he read, you know, can you get lightning in a bottle again? I think with the right hire, you know, once every four years, five years, you never know, especially with the ability to get players out of the transfer portal now. Coach, questions here. You get to see Jalen Rayner, the freshman quarterback at Arkansas State. You kind of introduce this audience to him. Portal opening is in about two weeks. Do you anticipate something going on there? Uh, I'm in Jonesboro right now for the game tomorrow uh, right. against Texas State. Uh, Butch has done a heck of a job. Butch Jones has done a heck of a job getting this team to 5-5. Five and five. If they can win one of their last two and they're in a bowl game, um, it'll be interesting to uh, see what happens. <laughs> right. We interviewed uh, G.J. Kenny, the head coach of Texas State, yesterday, and he made a comment. He said, yeah, he said, I'm even hearing down here that the uh, University of Arkansas boosters are whispering sweet nothings in Jalen Rayner's ear to try to get him to go over to Fayetteville. And I'm thinking, yeah, wow. <laughs> the word is out. It'll, it, look, with NIL money the way it is, um, it'll be interesting to see where this young man ends up next year. Also a question about George McIntyre, who you've scouted, you've watched, you've seen a bunch. He is the number two rated quarterback in America. He lives right here in Brentwood. In the class of 25, the only one rated ahead of him is Bryce Underwood out of Michigan, who LSU was maybe going to get. Anything new on McIntyre? No, not right now. You know, I mean, he still has another year, as as you mentioned. Um, I think he's he's just seeing uh, again with the coaching changes that are going to go on. Uh, you know, he wants to see where this new or where guys are going to end up and what new school they're going to be at before he makes a decision. And fortunately for him, he has the time to do it. So nothing new there. Um, I think he waits probably till the spring. Uh, but, he, but again, I, I would be surprised if he did anything right now. And teams like Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Tennessee, I'm sure I'm leaving a bunch out, but those are the type of teams recruiting him. Yeah, Tennessee, LSU, Clemson, Tennessee, um, Alabama. Um, you know, he's got everybody. Michigan, Michigan's been recruiting him hard. So, uh, yeah, he's, UCLA had been recruiting him hard, so or has been recruiting him hard, excuse me. 
So, yeah, he's got everybody interested in him. And there's talk that Dante Moore, the former five-star out of Detroit, at UCLA, and they tried to play him some this year, Pete, and it was sporadic probably at best. Young guy, as you have described, but there's talk he's going to be out of there too. Chip's If Chip's gone. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a bunch of changes, and, uh, you know, this is <laughs> – I guess people – some people have turned – termed it the silly season but you know what it's it, it's part of the landscape now coaches getting fired or moving on uh we have to see who's going to replace these guys in the opening and uh, who's going to enter the portal on December 4th a couple more minutes with coach Pete Pete Cordelli joins us Friday's here a plethora of historic knowledge from whatever's going on today or way back when either way I'm the Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Really starting to build on 24 coming out of Rutherford County right now through the Hickory Hollow area. We've seen a couple of wrecks out here the last few minutes. One is causing some problems in Montgomery County as you come out of Clarksville on 24 eastbound around the 16-mile uh, marker. Again, that's delaying a lot of people coming in from Clarksville towards Nashville on 24 going eastbound. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Check out their menu. You can order online at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Jackson Boone Racing. The youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series Championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing. A local kid and Page High graduate who's been winning races since he was eight years old. Jackson Boone Racing. Come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing. When you've experienced the loss of a loved one, you can trust SAG Funeral Home to guide you through the process of honoring their life. At SAG Funeral Home, they pride themselves in serving families in Nashville and surrounding areas with dignity, respect, and compassion. The staff is experienced in a variety of funeral services and can help you celebrate your loved one, no matter your religion, culture, or budget. Family and veteran-owned funeral home and cremations now are handled all in one location. We'll help create a personalized experience to pay tribute to your loved one's unique life. Ask about the pre-planning service as well. SAG Funeral Home, serving Nashville and Middle Tennessee for over 40 years. In your time of need, you need someone you can trust, who can provide comfort to your family in a very professional way. SAG Funeral Home, 1503 Buchanan Street. Call today, 615-244-5044. 615-244-5044. SAG Funeral Home, for comfort and care in your time of need. SAG Funeral Home, proud sponsor of TSU Football on WNSR. Woods Equipment Company would like to recognize and salute our veterans and local men and women in uniform. Let's remember them with our thoughts, prayers, and especially letters and packages from home. Our support will keep America strong. This important message is courtesy of Woods Equipment Company at 600 Davidson Street in Nashville, where they feel our area is a great place to live and raise a family. Call Woods Equipment Company at 615-256-5639. The 
The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth-year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all-conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non-conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P, Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all of the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. doesn't know everything about college football mm, yeah he does it's the bill king show coach Pete cordelli talking about the playoffs last year of the 14 playoff coach earlier in the week and here seems to be the consensus when i talk to folks that i feel like are in the know. And yesterday I had on Rusty Manziel of On3, who I think knows the state of Georgia and Georgia as well, if not better than anybody in the history of this planet. And I asked him, if Georgia wins out until the Alabama game, Alabama beats them, and you have Florida State undefeated, you have either Michigan, Ohio State undefeated, one of those two, and U-Dub hangs on. They stay undefeated. He thinks Georgia gets left out. Now, here's my question. Would that committee, considering Georgia is working on an unprecedented three-peat, leave them out and totally disregard that? It's only about this year. It's not about some historic note. What do you think? I think that with the committee's commitment to honoring conference champions that Georgia would get left out because Alabama would be the SEC champion. And yes, that's a real possibility that Georgia gets left out. And not that you go to Vegas to take your orders if you're the committee, but Georgia would be favored over any of those other teams. That's yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like with the basketball committee, they look at the last 10 games, you know, in the season. I think they look at, I think the football committee looks at championship weekend as the final deciding vote as to who gets in. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know who Florida State's going to play in the ACC championship game. Um, Louisville, but, maybe. Yeah, probably Louisville. Uh, you know, Louisville goes to Miami tomorrow. Jeff Brown's done a heck of a job with that program. Uh, Miami coming off a very tough game against Florida State. Uh, I think Louisville wins it. Uh, it it's it's going to be interesting. Like you said, Ohio, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan's going to the Big Ten championship. But yeah, I, I believe the committee looks at championship weekend with a little bit more intensity than they do the the body of work right and uh i think it's <laughs> people remember 
the last game that they've seen and what the results are. Pete, they project these brackets if we had the 12-teamer. And right now it's six and six until they switch it to five and seven, meaning conference versus at large. As it sits right now, Tulane would be in the playoffs. They'd be a conference champion, and I believe they'd be ranked probably seeded somewhere around, where would they be, number 12? Because the top four, I'm not sure where. But anyways, what does that say about the job Willie Fritz has done? And the second part would be, if we bracketed this year again, but made it what it would look like next year, Alabama would be an eight seed. How would you like to have to be a higher seed and feed into Alabama as the lower seed in next season? Not, not right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good draw, brother. No, nope. uh, no, nope. no. Hey, Willie Fritz has done a tremendous job every year, but the big game is next week, Tulane and Texas San Antonio, and another guy that's done a great job is Jeff Trailer at, yep. at San Antonio. I, I, you're, you're, next week, is a, that to me is one of the m- most exciting games of the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, if, I, if I've got to go <laughs> and play Nick Saban in Alabama uh, in the first round, nah, not right now. That's, that's not a good draw. <laughs> Aliquippa Bob, who's a big Penn State fan, asks, does Coach Pete think that Mike Yursich was the reason for Penn State's dismal performance offensively against Michigan and Ohio State? No, I don't. I mean, James Franklin wanted Mike Yursich for a number of years. Uh, (laughs) Look, I I just – Mike Yursich was not the problem. Um, So – you know, everybody makes a big deal about, well, Joe Moorhead was there and then he left for the Mississippi State job. There was a point, there was a reason why Joe Moorhead left. And during the season, James Franklin kept questioning Joe Moorhead's play calls. And at one point, Joe Moorhead looked at James Franklin and said, do you want to call it? Here. And he, hand, he, he, he reached out the play sheet and Franklin walked away. Two weeks later, he did the same thing. Franklin is questioning Moorhead. Joe finally took the headset off, gave it to James, and said, you call it. I'm done. That's why Joe Moorhead left was because of James Franklin. Now, they're not going to say that publicly, but that comes from people on the staff. If James, you know, James was the offensive coordinator at Maryland for Ralph Regan. If you think Mike Yersich was the problem, look, he got rid of the best coordinator he had in Kirk Cariaccia, who's at Rutgers right now, to get Mike Yersich. And Rutgers comes to Penn State this week. Be careful, big guy. King Franklin better look in the mirror and see what's going on. All right, you've got like 10 seconds to answer a long question. Joe down in Boca, what does Florida need to do to get back on the right track? They need to get a quarterback, and they need to get some speed on the outside. They don't have difference makers right now like they used to have in the past. They have no Percy Harvest. Coach, see you next week. Hey, have a great weekend, Bill. Thanks. Thank you. Coach Pete Cordelli, fantastic. Ole Miss Evie when we continue.
560 AM, 95.9 FM, Brentwood, Nashville, 107.9 FM, Smyrna, Nashville's first 24-hour sports station. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio.